Christmas exhaustion, Matthew 11:28 to 30. Here we are in the middle of uh, another Christmas season. Typically the season to be jolly. But many people are just too plain tired to be jolly. It's Christmas, yay, you know, that type of thing. You hear more and more people complain, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. The traffic, the the malls, the, the queues. But I think the exhaustion that they're expressing is more than physical. There is a certain weariness of soul an exhaustion of the heart. If you listen to the news, in fact, it seems like the whole world seems worn out, tired, poured out, disappointed, drained. We've tried this, we'll try it again, it's failed. Over and over again. Last week I spoke about the, the peace, the peace treaties and everything else. And that gets broken and then we go again. So what are some of the things that we are tired of? What are those things that come on the news and we simply want to switch the channels? Well, we are exhausted by conflict, like I said, the peace. There is conflict all over the world. I'm not just speaking of international conflict that is in the news, although that certainly is a source of weariness, oh here we go again in Israel, in the Middle East and all that there is another bombing we just wish that for once instead of peace that instead of war that we would have peace breaking out everywhere, in our communities in our our homes in our streets that our police force would be out of work Our world is also exhausted by its own moral uncertainty. This year has certainly been a highlight for us regarding that. We find that there is no real understanding any longer of what is right and wrong. What we used to hold as as true and tested and, and this is right and this is wrong, it doesn't take very long for someone to go and test it in the courts and find a sympathetic judge and all of that. And then the old, it's a test case, and then the whole thing just flows from that. Moral confusion. So we simply move from one headline to the other, and we somehow refuse to be shocked anymore. On so many fronts, we find ourselves having to, we are forced, it is forced upon us, having to tolerate lifestyles, that we once thought impossible to approve of. Our world is exhausted by pleasure in its continual pursuit to find satisfaction as good old Mick Jagger, who is about 89 now. Um, No, he's in his mid-70s. Anyway, he's saying he was the original from the 60s. I find find unsatisfaction. I can't find no... Satisfaction. I think King Solomon had to do, has to say something about that. The 
and, and you're trying to, because once you find satisfaction at that level, then you get bored once you've reached it, so you've got to try something else and then try something else and something else and you move on. So, uh, from synthetic drugs, no, pot's not good enough anymore, we've got to try something else. Synthetic drugs and, and ice and everything else, and that's going to go by the way and then they're going to try something else again. Synthetic drugs and now... Cover your ears, kids, for this one. Sex bots. No longer infidelity with human beings. Now we're actually going to be making robots with which to do all this stuff. Unbelievable. Exhausted by pleasure. We just don't know anymore. The weariness of pleasure. And that's what we find... um, Ravi Zacharias said, and I quote, he said, I'm absolutely convinced that meaninglessness does not come from being weary of pain. We know what pain is. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. And that is why we find ourselves emptied of meaning with our pantries, even with our pantries still full. We are weary of pleasure. And unfortunately, just as I mentioned about giving, we are also exhausted by compassion. Exhausted by compassion. There is a term that has been coined by the aid agencies and it is called compassion fatigue. Basically, it is the reaction to all the calls that we get from everywhere to give. You have it on your phones, you have it in the mail. Um, Mum and Dad have moved into a a nursing home and all the mail now comes to my residence. You will not believe the amount of mails that they receive from charity agencies to give. And I cannot tell you how many agencies I've called and said, look, they cannot give anymore and it just keeps coming. I've rang the register, I've read, no, you won't receive. Guess what? Next time it happens again. And it just keeps coming. It keeps coming. It keeps coming. And I'm saying, please stop sending this. And now come Christmas time. We're called to give. And you're probably saying to me, I'm tired of giving. Compassion fatigue. That's our modern world. And you're thinking, well, how different it would be in Jesus' day. They haven't got all the stuff that we're going through or have to look a little bit closer. The world into which Jesus was born 2,000 years ago was a very weary world. It was a world in spiritual, social and political crisis. Everything on which people had depended on was crumbling. Rome had long given up on its brand of democracy with a democratic system, with senators and all of that and listening to the people and all of that and, and now simply just turn to men like Augustus Caesar and the like. Centralised power. Who set themselves up as gods. Who put their faces on the coins and wanted to be worshipped as gods. Demanded worship. 
But like Alexander before him and others before him, there's, there's, for these emperors and others, it's, been, it's a true and tested fallacy that there's only so many worlds that you could conquer before there is not much more that is left. Or what is left to conquer? Then it's a matter of once you've conquered, it's a matter of maintaining what you have conquered under control and use more force to maintain it and, you know, it just goes on. And even in, in Israel, in Israel, the people of God, there was exhaustion. The old sacrificial system is just the bulls, the sacrifices just kept going and going. The legalistic way that it was all being carried for years and years awaiting for their deliverance and nothing was happening. But there were many who remained faithful to the God of Abraham. There was an emptiness that was overtaking. They took God's wonderful relationship with his chosen people and somehow these religious leaders managed to turn it into a barren, lifeless legalism with rules and regulations and you can't do this and you can't do that and, and it just going on and on. So they had, they had the life squeezed out of this relationship, this covenant relationship with a, with a God who loved them and chose them. Yes, the world into which Jesus was born was, was weary, exhausted, not like our own. So let us narrow further some of the sources of exhaustion and look at the solution. Try to find a solution on a more personal level so we don't get swept away by the, what we can see as the spirit of the age. How are we going to be solved? How are we going to be light in this decaying generation? First of all, fatigue may come from failure to replenish our resources. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Athletes involved in marathon events, especially, they know all about replenishing the, the fluids, the liquids, the electrolytes and everything else, whether they're swimming or riding or running, whatever it is, it is absolutely that whatever they're going to be, what is ever going to be the output, they need to have it as an input as well. Otherwise, they're just going to break down. It's that simple. It doesn't matter what kind of shape they're in, or how well they've trained, they cannot run on empty. They cannot do it. The same, of course, is true of us. Yes, some of us need to get a little bit more sleep, a little bit more exercise, a little bit more... Yes, at this time of year, nutritional intake. But it's just how much more important is that that we have the, the spiritual, the spiritual food. We need to return. Why do you guys meet every Sunday? Why do you have Bible study? Why do you encourage? Why do you want us to read the Bible and stuff? Because you're gonna, you, you cannot live your life on empty. You need to be continually, that is the law, that is a spiritual law, to be replenished again and again, just like eating food regularly. 
He is the bread of life. We need to turn to him daily, daily in prayer. Immerse yourself in his word. And only then will you be continually renewed. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. One of the great verses. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He just can't get enough. He's like a tree. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Doesn't matter what the weather is doing, whatever is happening, the roots are grounded, they're getting the nourishment from the the streams, constantly feeding itself. It continues to grow. That's the beautiful image that we have here. Constant supply. Second, Fatigue may come from running after things. From running after things. We see evidence of this all around, of course. Wealth and possessions, like I've said before, good servants, but terrible masters. Blessings from God, and we are so blessed to have them. But, remember... They're good servants. Don't make them your masters. The scriptures warn against this. It wears you out by sucking more life out of you, chasing after things, this endless treadmill of always wanting more and more with the latest product, the latest gadget, the latest thing, because that's the whole way that the commercial world works. It needs to sell you new stuff. If they design one smartphone that will do you for the next 50 years, they're going to run out of business. That's why we have people queuing up at midnight to buy their iPhones. Because it's in their head. It's not as if they need it. It's just, it's, it's they're, they're geared. This is, they're wired up now. It's like the Greyhound races. We're back to Greyhound racing, right? It's been back, yeah? It hasn't been banned. It's like the, the greyhound who chases the mechanical rabbit. Not a real rabbit. It's a mechanical rabbit. And just goes around and around until... You know, it's a little bit like Roadrunner. You know, I just want the, the thing to catch one day, you know. Be caught, please. And many people, they're just running, running after things because that's where it's going to bring the, the happiness. It's not going to happen. Proverbs 34:23-4 says this, Do not weary yourself, do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Seize from your consideration of it. Stop thinking about it. When you set your eyes on it, it is gone. It's like a mirage. For wealth certainly makes itself wings like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. And away it goes. If your goal... If your goal is to become wealthy, you will never be at rest. You will not, well maybe you do. How many conversations have we had with unbelievers or those who do not believe 
and their goal in life. What is it you want to be? It says, well, I want to become rich. I said, okay, doesn't the rest of the world want the same thing? That's all they want. As Christians, as believers, our values have to be different. Yes, God will bless us with so many beautiful things that we can enjoy, but that is not it. That is not where our heart is. Not only that, but you're constantly worried about somebody else taking it once you have it. So we're going to have insurance, maintain it. The very nature of a desire for wealth ensures that the desire can never be fulfilled, ever. So this Christmas, let me remind you once more of the words of our Lord who said, Matthew 6, 31 to 34, So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Eating, drinking, fashion. For the pagans run after all these things. Unbelievers. That's what the rest of the world is after. How are you different? If they're running after all this stuff, How is your life going to be different to the rest of them? I've called you, I've pulled you out, I've called you out to be different. That's what holiness means. Because your your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. Of course He does. But seek His kingdom first and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. His He's looking after me. He's looking after you. I can tell from here. He's looking after you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Let let tomorrow worry about itself. That's the solution. Third, fatigue may come from doing wrong. Yes, I'll say the word. Three letters, sin. Weariness, plain old sin. People are weary in that it takes a lot of mental and emotional energy to to live in sin. I don't know whether you've noticed that or not before you were a Christian, that it's exhausting. One is because you hate everybody. The other is because you lie and you have to maintain your story to one person, to the next, to the next. It takes a lot of energy to live a life in which you're morally bankrupt. It takes a lot of energy. The prophet Jeremiah wrote, describing the condition of his day, which uh, is, I suppose is not different to today. He says, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 5, he says, friend deceives friend. We're talking friends here, not enemies. Friends, friend, well, I thought you were my friend. Friend deceives friend and no one speaks the truth. Gee, sounds very similar, doesn't it? They have taught their tongues to lie. Where can I go to school to lie? Now, I believe in total, dep- total depravity, even for the the smallest little kids, they would tell you, what happened to the, the cake? Oh, the dog ate it. You know, the, 
their mouth covered with cream and everything else? No. Who taught them to say that? Just natural, but no, here, this guy actually goes to school to lie. That's why I believe that uh, prisons tend to be one of the, the biggest schools for criminology out there. Where in prison, the times I've visited and you talk to them, it's, it's almost like the, it's not the fact that they've done the wrong, it's the fact that they got caught, which is the biggest problem. So next time they do it, they're going to try and not get caught. So they just keep talking to one another how to improve the criminal skills. They have taught their tongues to lie. They weary themselves with sinning. Now this life is fairly simple, uncomplicated for the man or woman of integrity. He or she simply does what is right and if asked, tells the truth. For the dishonest man, however, life is much more difficult. There's no, for the simple man, there's no cover-ups. He just simply tells the, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Psalm 32 verse 5, this is King David after his sin with Bathsheba. When I kept silent, my bones wasted through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me because of his conscience. Son of God, born in sin, God's not going to let him go. He's not letting him rest. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. We know what that feels like. Then I, where did the release come from? The release came from, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. It's lifted up. It's lifted up. The burden of sin is lifted up. Let me ask you, Are you covering up for anything at the moment? Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, I don't care. Something that you haven't confessed to God and then gone and confessed it to someone who is close to you. I urge you, for the sake of your mental and spiritual health, to come clean. Stop running, stop hiding, stop carrying all that weight around. I'm not talking about your obesity. I'm talking about the obesity of sin. I'm talking about the, the heaviness of heart. It's taking, it's sapping your joy out of it. Only then will you find relief from the burden of guilt. Fourthly, fatigue comes from relying on our own strength. Relying on our own strength. Yes, it is the formula that that is so common with, well, what Jesus called the pagans, the unbelievers. Continuing to trust yourselves. Believe in yourself. That That type of thing that says, depending upon our own skill, our own knowledge, our own ability to get through the day, that also has to be tiring. 
We weren't made for that. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. There's, there's more to your diet. You're, you're, you're not just a body to be fed, to be clothed. You are more. You're a spiritual whole being. We were never designed by God to be self-sufficient. We were designed to rely on the Lord, to trust in Him for our protection and provision in everything. You forget that and the weight of life will be very heavy indeed. What then shall we do? It seems deeper than, uh, than just popping a few pills to pick me up and all that type of stuff. This is much more exhausting than physical and, or mental. This is so quickly can become a spiritual problem. John chapter 1 verses 10 to 14. This is what we need. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Love that, full of grace and truth. I have to preach a whole sermon. I'll have to, I have to put work on that. Grace and truth. There you got your two point sermon. Grace and truth. So much embodied because we tend to just be everything about grace and forget about truth, or we tend to be so much on truth that we forget about grace. And, and in the person of Jesus, both things just so beautifully came together. As a, wow. That's Jesus. Jesus came and was not known. Wasn't recognised. He invested everything himself with us and was not accepted. God, it seems that God too has his frustrations with us. God too has every right to feel exhausted. In Isaiah 7, just before that first verse that we read this morning, in verse 13 it says, you know, leading up to the, the message of Emmanuel, it says, and he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you, now you're actually wearying God? Not only do you weary men, but now you're wearying God as well. You're wearing him down. And in, in Isaiah chapter 1, he says, I'm tired of all your sacrifices, of all your festivals. I'm sick and tired of them. This ritualistic religion that has no relationship at all. Why are you doing this? I want your heart. Stop pretending. Stop showing. Stop living the life that I've given you to live. Despite all our continual attempts to try the Lord's patience, God continues to dish out his mercy and grace. He didn't simply wring his hands in frustration and gave up on us. 
and, and just, you know, hung up his working gloves. He's still at it. He's still persevering, long-suffering, but he's there. And his invitation is there for us. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. This is a wonderful invitation in Scripture. Come to me, all you who are weary, burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This word, God's word, made flesh, full of grace and truth, gentle, humble, rest, the promised rest. He came to show us how to live in God's presence and power. He demonstrated, he lived it out. In Jesus, God has entered the realities of our pain and suffering, anguish, frustration and all of that and poured his love to a hurting world. In Jesus, God has painted the wonderful picture of what life for us was always meant to be, even going back to the garden before the fall. Made just a little lower than the angels. Full of grace and truth. By following him, we can live above our frustrations, our weariness and tiredness, our exhaustion does have a solution. It doesn't, you don't have to live like this. There is a better way to live. I hope and pray that we take Jesus up on his offer and come to him with our weariness and he will restore us as he promised. Amen.